0: Hartford Catechism. Let's read together Lord's Day 43. What is required in the ninth commandment? I must not give false testimony against anyone, twist no one's words, not gossip or slander, nor condemn or join in condemning anyone, rashly and unheard. Rather, I must avoid all lying and deceit as the devil's own works under penalty of God's heavy wrath. In court and everywhere else, I must love the truth, speak and confess it honestly, and do what I can to defend and promote my neighbor's honor and reputation. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, In the last election cycle in the United States, now President Donald Trump made famous what he calls fake news. It was his way of exposing the fact that the news media is often very biased in their reporting. Trump helped many people to see that the media often presents what's happening in the world in an unfair way. Prior to this, many people in the Western world viewed the news as being objective, as simply reporting the facts. Trump helped many to see that the so-called news seeks to influence opinion. He helped us understand how slanted the news often is. Increasingly, we live in a world that disregards the truth. For many in our society, there is no such thing as objective truth. People talk about what's true for you and what's true for me. They're willing to accept two opposite things as both being true. The basic reason for this is that they don't know God. And they're unwilling to submit themselves to his dominion over them. People are willing to cheat and to lie as long as they get what they want causes a breakdown of truth in all our relationships. In the Ninth Commandment, we see how the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan are diametrically opposed to one another. Our God is a God of truth, while Satan is a liar. In Numbers 23, verse 19, Balaam testifies, God is not a man that he should lie Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? In character, God is a God of truth. Thus, he speaks truth. He deals truthfully. In contrast, Satan is a liar and the father of lies. In character, Satan is a liar. He always bends the truth to suit his own purposes. He speaks lies. He practices deceit. When faced with the ninth commandment, the question arises, in whose kingdom do we walk? Whose image are we bearing? Now, by nature, we're all liars. Jeremiah 17, verse 9 makes that clear says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And yet, beloved, we've been redeemed by Christ. And so we share in his righteousness and holiness. We're being renewed by the Holy Spirit. He transforms us so that more and more we bear the image of Christ, our Savior. That needs to show in how we speak preach you the word of God under the following theme. In a world filled with lies, the Lord calls us to speak the truth and to confess it honestly. We are to do so out of love for our neighbor and out of love for God. What is truth and what is the lie? And how can we tell them apart? These are important questions. For if we are to speak the truth, we need to know what truth is. If we are to avoid all lying and deceit, we need to know what they are as well. For many people, there's no such thing as absolute truth. That kind of standard doesn't apply in their lives. For them, the end justifies the means. You say and you do whatever you want, so you get what you want. If necessary, you lie or you cover up what you said or did. Speaking the truth doesn't matter. What matters is getting what you want. What matters is preventing the embarrassment of getting caught doing wrong. As Christians, we too sin against the Ninth Commandment. Our instinctive reaction when we're accused of doing wrong is to cover it up by lying. So often you see it happen that when people get caught in various sins, They compound the problem by lying about them. In a way, it's natural. If you are unfaithful in marriage, if you're deceitful in business, if you're addicted to drugs, your life is a lie. You're not being true to yourself or to your neighbor or to God. If you're living a lie, It's only natural for you to also speak lies. And yet in doing so, we become more and more under the power of the evil one. The lie is characteristic of Satan. He was not happy to be an angel, a messenger of God. He wanted more. He wanted to be ruler over this world. Satan wanted God's position. He wanted to be king. And so Satan rebelled against God. Satan used lies and deceit to tempt mankind to sin. He used the lie to bring man into the bondage of sin. He used the lie to become ruler over this present world. Today there's millions who are caught up in Satan's lies. For many, the truth about God has been distorted If many have any kind of conception of God at all, it's as an angry judge ready to strike them down because of their wrongdoing. Most non-Christians think that if they want to be in a right relationship with God, they have to do good to earn his favor. Many are not willing to live life according to God's commands. They want to be in charge of their own lives. And yet in the process... They become slaves. They're enslaved by their love of money, their drive for success, their desire for pleasure. They've bought into Satan's lies. Our catechism teaches us that we are to avoid all lying deceit as a devil's own works. Right from the beginning of human history, the Bible presents Satan to us as a liar and a deceiver. He tempted our first parents to eat the forbidden fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He said that they would be like God if they ate from this tree. And yet, when they did, they lost most of what it means to be created in God's image. They lost their righteousness and holiness. Mankind became totally corrupt, inclined to hate God and their neighbor. The Lord Jesus Christ reflects on Satan's character in one of his confrontations with the Jews. Jesus points out their desire to kill him. He shows how their sin is rooted in the fact that they're under Satan's control. He says, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he's a liar and the father of lies. With these words, Jesus makes clear that all lying and deceit find their origin in Satan. Many of the Jews were actually under his dominion. Same applies to us. When we lie, or when we're deceitful, we're doing the works of the evil one. Beloved, it's so easy to get caught up in the lie. When we get into trouble, we lie to cover ourselves, to save our own skin. We lie because we're afraid of facing the consequences of our sin, the shame, the betrayal of trust, the punishment our wrongdoing would bring with it. We not only lie to try to cover up our wrongdoing, we also lie to get what we want. We use lies to manipulate other people, to bend them to our will, to achieve our own sinful desires. When we get caught up in lies and deceit, our lives become a tangled mess. One lie requires you to tell more lies to maintain the facade. In the end, we can be overcome by deceit. So much so that we even begin to believe our own lies. And yet, beloved, the Lord hates all lying and deceit. Leviticus 11 In Leviticus 19, verse 11, the Lord said, You shall not steal, you shall not deal falsely, you shall not lie to one another. Proverbs 6, verse 16 says, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Two of the things listed are a lying tongue and a false witness who breathes out lies. Proverbs 19, verse 9 says, A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will perish. Revelation 21, verse 8 indicates that liars will share in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Now, when we stress the importance of speaking the truth and avoiding all lying and deceit, people will often ask questions about the midwives in Egypt, and about Rahab in Jericho. The midwives told Pharaoh that the Israelite women were different from Egyptian women, that they gave birth much more quickly before the midwives came to them. Was that true? Well, hardly. The birthing process can go fast and can go slow but it's not based on someone's race. Clearly, these midwives lied to Pharaoh. The same can be said about Rahab. When the spies came to her, she hid them, and she told the king's men that they had left. Rahab also partook in lies and deceit. Did the midwives and Rahab do wrong by lying? The scriptural indications are that they did not. The Lord blessed them. Exodus 1, verses 20 and 21 tell us that God dealt well with the midwives. He gave them families of their own. In Joshua two fourteen, the spies promised Rahab that when the Lord gave them the land, they would deal with her kindly and faithfully. Joshua 6, verse 25, makes it clear that Rahab and her family were spared when Jericho was conquered because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. As a result of these passages in Scripture, theologians speak about lies of necessity. And then the debate begins about whether or not what these women did was good and right in the eyes of God. Questions get asked about whether we're ever allowed to tell lies out of necessity. Was it okay for those who hid Jews during World War II to lie to the German authorities about this? Are there situations today where this might apply? Beloved, it's really good for us to ask these kinds of questions. They help us to dig deep into what God reveals in the Ninth Commandment. The Ninth Commandment says you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. It is directed primarily against the threat of false accusation. The original commandment is not a general prohibition against lying. It forbids lying, which affects one's neighbor. The point is that the Ninth Commandment is not abstract. It is Relational. Let me try to be clear about this. The ninth commandment is not about randomly spouting forth false information, it's about harming our neighbor through falsehoods. The big problem here is offense against our neighbor, not just offense against the facts. John Calvin writes in the Institute saying, The legitimate observance of this precept consists of employing the tongue in the maintenance of the truth so as to promote the good name and the prosperity of our neighbor. Our catechism picks up on this by teaching us that we are to do what we can to defend and promote my neighbor's honor and reputation. Neither the Egyptian midwives nor Rahab gave false testimony against their neighbor. They were confronted with governments that were hostile towards the people of God, which required them to act against the life of some of God's people. They acted in the defense not just of the name, but of the very lives of God's people. This is not breaking the ninth commandment. It's keeping the sixth commandment, which forbids murder. The Bible testifies that what these women did, that's the midwives, was right in God's eyes. Exodus 1.21 tells us the midwives feared God. Hebrews 11 verse 31 indicates that Rahab acted in faith. So, does this mean that we can tell lies of necessity today? Is it okay to lie by telling someone that what they're wearing looks good on them, even though it doesn't? Consider the situation where your brother or sister has done something bad at home, or a friend has sinned at school. Is it all right to lie to cover up their wrongdoing so they won't get into trouble? But I think we all realize that it's wrong to lie in those kind of circumstances. Lying about how someone's dress looks good is what I'd call a lie of convenience. Lying about what a sibling or a fellow student did is not a lie of necessity, if they've done wrong, they should be willing to accept the consequences. Perhaps the punishment they receive will teach them not to sin in that kind of way again. We need to remember that by lying, we partake in Satan's realm. Through the years the need of discuss the need for lies of necessity today, with my catechism classes, in the freedom that we experience in the Western world, We could not come up with any examples of where we need to lie in that kind of way. God desires that we speak truthfully about our neighbor in all situations of life. That does not mean that we have the license to speak the truth indiscriminately. Just because something is true does not mean that it's beneficial to tell that to everyone even in our hearts, we're disappointed or hurt or angry or bitter with someone else, it's probably best not to talk about that person. If we do, we'll often quickly sin. God teaches us to speak the truth in love. The ninth commandment is focused on speaking about our neighbor in such a way that we defend and promote his name and reputation. This brings us to our second point. And we'll consider that we are to speak the truth and confess it honestly out of love for our God. Do you know why the Lord speaks so strongly against lying? Why he threatens liars with eternal death? To understand this, we need to realize that the Lord our God is a God of truth. Just as Satan is characterized by the lie, so God is characterized by the truth. In Titus 1, verse 2, Paul speaks about how God cannot lie. In character, God's a God of truth. And so he speaks truth. He deals truthfully with us. God is reliable. He is faithful. You can depend on him. He keeps His promises to a thousand generations. God has shown forth His love and faithfulness to us in sending His Son to save us from our sins. In John 8, Christ said to those who believed in Him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Many in Jesus' day and many today are lost because they believe Satan's lies. Jesus has proclaimed the gospel of truth to us. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus told his disciples, saying, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Lord Jesus lived on this earth as a perfect man. He never stumbled in his speech. Despite all kinds of provocations, Jesus never spoke a word out of place. When the Jewish leaders attacked Jesus and tried to trap him in his words, he responded by speaking the truth in love. Jesus did not gossip or slander. He opposed the judgmental attitudes of many of his day. Jesus refused to condemn the woman caught in adultery, you he not come into the world to condemn it, but to save it. Jesus used his tongue wisely to defend and promote his neighbor's good. The Lord Jesus remained faithful even in times of his greatest suffering. When Jesus was questioned by Pilate, he said, For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I've come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Jesus came to testify to the truth concerning man's salvation. He came to destroy the realm of the lie. He came to set us free from our sins, to restore us in our relationship with God. Our Lord was willing to die for the sake of the truth. Matthew 26 verse 59 says, Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death. Israel's leaders didn't care if they had to break the Ninth Commandment to get rid of Jesus. Yet although many false witnesses came forward, their stories did not agree. Despite their disregard for the Ninth Commandment, Israel's leaders found no way to convict Jesus of an offense worthy of death. Finally, Out of desperation, the high priest said to Jesus, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. In obedience to God's law, out of respect for those placed in authority over him, Jesus answered this question. He bears witness to the truth. Jesus admitted he was the Messiah, the one sent by God to redeem his people. He speaks... The truth, knowing he will die for it. In this, beloved, we see why we are to keep the ninth commandment. We're to do so out of love for God. It's because he first loved us. that we're also called to love him. Jesus told his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. 1 John 5, verse 3 says... This is love for God, that we keep his commandments. There's a specific way in which we can show forth our thankfulness to God for his grace in Christ. It's by also keeping the ninth commandment. It's by avoiding all lying and deceit as the devil's own works. It's by always speaking the truth in love. You see, beloved, we were created in the image of God. Just as God is holy, so he made us holy. Just as God is righteous, so he made us righteous. Just as God is a God of truth, so he made us to know the truth and to speak it uprightly. We lost much of what it means to be in the image of God in our fall into sin. We became corrupt and perverse in all our ways. Our hearts became deceitful. Our mouths spoke out lies. And yet Christ came to redeem us. The truth is meant to set us free. Free from our sins. Free from the mastery of the evil one. Because of Christ's obedience and because of the payment he made for us on the cross, we may once more share in his righteousness and holiness. Christ works in our hearts by his word and by the Holy Spirit. More and more, he transforms our lives. He renews us in his image so that we may image him in our daily lives, so that we break with all lying and deceit, so we speak the truth and confess it honestly. In his first letter, John makes the connection between our love for God and our love for our neighbor. In 1 John 4, verse 12, he says, No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. In verses 20 and 21, he says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, Whoever loves God must also love his brother. We show forth our love for God in how we speak to and how we speak about our neighbor. Paul teaches us in Ephesians 4, verse 15: to speak the truth in love. Both elements are critically important. In Ephesians 4:25, Paul emphasizes the need to speak truthfully with one another. He says, therefore, having put away a falsehood, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. In Ephesians 4, 29, Paul emphasizes the need for our speech to be motivated by love. He writes, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear it? Beloved in the ninth commandment, the antithesis between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan is very clear. In character, God is a God of truth. Thus he speaks truthfully, he deals truthfully. In character, Satan is a liar. He always bends the truth to suit his own purposes. He speaks lies and he practices deceit. Whose camp are we part of? Whose image do we bear? Christ spoke the truth in order to set us free. By the power of his Spirit, let us use our freedom to defend and promote the honor and reputation of our neighbor. That's how we can show forth our thankfulness for Christ's redeeming work. Amen. In response to the gospel message, let's rise and sing from Psalm 141, stanzas 2, 3, and 7.